0: What's up mom and dad welcome back to a brand new episode of the raising competitors podcast My name is jake thompson i'm your host here on the show and the founder of the compete everyday brand I'm excited about you being here because man We're still in the early days of this raising competitor show And i'm excited about each and every interview because I continue to learn so much from our guest on just ways that we can instill The traits of grit growth mindset gratitude pursuing greatness leadership into our children I hope you are finding the same from here. And I hope that if you haven't had a chance yet, check out the RaisingCompetitors.com website. We have great content on there for our members. And then also, if you're not a member yet and you just want to check it out, feel free to go on there, uh, scout out the articles, listen to some of the bonus material. You get a seven-day free trial. So check that out. Memberships start at less than two cups of coffee a month which is such a small investment to make in bettering your kids and picking up additional ways that you can raise the next generation of competitors to be healthy, successful winners in school, sports, and in life. Today's guest and I met just under a year ago. I was keynoting uh, an event in Frisco, Texas for the Frisco Entrepreneur Summit. I was speaking about how to be a competitor in life and Matt and his wife came up afterwards with these t-shirts that said Kid Strong on the front and we immediately got to talking about the work that they're doing helping parents raise stronger, smarter and more athletic kids it's a really unique uh position to childhood development that focuses not just on the mental aspect but the physical side Matt and his team at Kid Strong are blowing up throughout the country with multiple locations for kids really ages two to eight. Ways that your kids can develop healthy routines. These leadership uh, skills that we talk about, growth mindset in a physical setting and a mental setting that's going to aid them in school, in sports, and in life. So Matt and I get into how KidStrong was developed. I think it's a great program. If you get a chance after the show, check out KidStrong.com. And as always, to grab the bonus material where Matt and I dive into specific applications you can start using in your household, check out our membership program at raisingcompetitors.com. Without further ado, let me welcome to the show Kid Strong founder Matt Sharp. Matt, what's happening, buddy? What's going on, man? Dude, I'm excited. We have, uh, I feel like this has been close to a year in the making since we connected at the Entrepreneur Summit, but I love what Kid Strong is about. Uh, before we dive into the show, man, tell us exactly what Kid Strong is, how you got involved with it, and what you guys are doing, not only here in Texas, but all over the U.S.
1: Yeah, so it's, Kid Strong is, is somewhat of a life skills program for kids. We focus on physical brain and character development. And we focus on children from walking, which is around two to eight. Two to six is really our sweet spot. And throughout every class, they will they will go through some sort of brain development training, some sort of physical development training, and so through some sort of character development training. And in a class, they, they might learn everything from how to do a pull-up to how to shake somebody's hand and look them in the eye. And our goal for the kids is really just to make them we, we always say like we want kids to go pro at life um, because like we just want, and our mission statement's kind of built around that. Our mission statement is the most important thing we can do for our kids is the person we help them become. It's not a sport. It's not a specific skill. It's like, who are the person that you're building and sending out into the world? And we really feel like kids that are physically uh, like physically able to do things doesn't have to be like superstar athletes, but kids that are, that are physically adept, um, kids that are smart, kids that are intelligent, kids that are mentally tough kids that are courageous kids that can work on a team. We feel like those kids are going to be in the 0.0001% of their peers when they go out to be adults. And I really believe, and Gary V just posted something about this other day for any like Gary V fanboys. Um, he really feels like, and it's not like social, it's not like a EQ, but the ability to lead and work with and talk to people is going to be the biggest superpower in the next five to ten years because it it is a skill and it's it's a trait that's not being developed, and that's why we really focus on that that age group, those parents. We feel like there's a wave of parents now that are looking at previous generations and not necessarily that everyone got it right and they're looking online for resources or look for coaches and everything we do is based on science and led by a professional coach. Our pediatric OT is our director of programming. We have a PhD that helps out on programming and we just want to give these parents the resources to raise like awesome, awesome kids. So we got started, we got started with Kidstrom because we had a daughter um, Ella when she was 18 months old this is her like homemade pull up bed. <laughs> I love it. And this is like an OG poster. And the reason I'm in her room is because it's the best Wi-Fi in the house. <laughs> uh, when she was 18 months old. My wife who taught PE for seven years said, we got to get Ella into something. And I was like, what do you mean? She's like less than two years old. She's like, you don't understand. I taught PE for seven years. These kids would come in. They have, they've never moved. They don't know how to move. They're, they're socially like, oh, they're overly anxious. They can't be dropped off by their parents. Um, they don't know how to talk to each other. And she's like, a lot of this comes from like, they just have never moved and been around other kids and good coaching. And she really convinced me to take, take our daughter to a couple places. We used to live in Lexington and we took, we, we went to a couple places that are for kids that age. And we're not like super impressed. There were, these are high school girls working there. Um, it was very play date mom and the moms in the corners on their phone and kids dancing around with scarves. There were no, it, it looked like there was like an invisible barrier around these places that dads were not able to pre- penetrate. There were no dads within 50 square miles of any of these places where kids were going. And we were there for probably about six months. And I have a little bit of an entrepreneurial streak. And I remember looking at my wife, I'm like, we can do way better than this like ourselves, even at home. And because I own, I own some gyms uh, back in Kentucky and all of the gyms that, that, I, that I'm part of are, are expert coaching, but like group training gyms. So I'm just used to like paying a little bit more, going in and having an amazing coach put you through a great class. And when I was going to these kids places, like that did not exist. And long story short, we trained her at home. She started progressing really fast and that turned into us sending an email and see if anybody was interested. Having us train their kid, we sold out in ten minutes. I remember my wife calling me and be and being like, uh, "Can we cuss on this? Is this like a cuss show?" Come on, do it. We'll put the I, e next to it. She was like, um, "Holy shit! Like, we actually have to do this now." Like, <laughs> yes, because um, I always, I'm always in this mind of like, if we need it, there's probably other parents that need it. There's probably someone else that needs it. And if we do a really good job, eventually somebody will pay for it. But I always like somebody to pay for it, like in the beginning, because I want to provide enough value that somebody's willing to give you some money. So even our first twenty, like paid, and we started as a pop up class in the back of one of my gyms. It was like when I say it was ghetto, it was like ghettoer than ghetto, if that's a thing. Uh, parents would park by a dumpster, they would walk up a service ramp. There was no stairs, and they would go into a floor in which we had pieced together like floor and like a couple pieces of equipment we bought. It was, it was rough. So this is like more rough
0: than like the old school first CrossFit gym in a garage type days.
1: This would be like CrossFit in like 07. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Even then. And, uh, it was rough, but like there was a, there's a real need for this. And my wife is an amazing coach. She's amazing at working with kids. She's like, When you put her on the floor with kids, it's like watching an artist on the floor with kids. She's just amazing. And I love to coach too. And we started off with 20. Uh, We kind of woke up and we were, this is another crazy thing. We were eight months, she was eight months pregnant when we opened, when we started. And we had this discussion of, and you'll you'll understand this. She was like, it's not a really good time to start the business. And I remember saying... (laughs) There's never, ever, ever going to be a good time to do this because when we, it'll be like, let's wait till we have the baby. And it's, let's wait till this baby's six weeks old. Let's let, then let's wait till the baby's six months old. And then she wants to get pregnant again. So it was literally like beach ball in the belly, coaching classes at any time. Water could break, launch the business. And the first six weeks were rough because we had a kid about three or four weeks in. Uh, but we still made the classes, or I would go in and coach. And long story short, twenty turned. We woke up one day, and we had 150 kids. Um, every time we, every time we got paid uh, in membership dues, we reinvested it into the program. So every month, like new equipment would show up, and they would be like, "Oh, we got this new thing," and we're like, "Yes, because you paid your bill, we get to have new." stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um and there's there's a part of me too i've been part i've been part of several startups where i like i think you have to earn your stuff and what i mean by that is i don't i don't i don't think it would have been healthy for us to just like either take out a huge loan or borrow a bunch of money and just buy a bunch of equipment because one of the things that always sticks with me is elon musk i heard him say this one time when you start a business 80 percent of the stuff you think is wrong So if you're raising money, percent of the time. <laughs> yeah, if you're raising money on that and spending a ton of money, like you have no idea what you're doing. And I thought it was a really, and this is just because I've been through this a few times. And I did this with, with CrossFit too. I started in a church attic. I think it's a healthy phase for businesses to clean the like the owner to clean the toilets, roll the floor up, sweep the floor, do all the phone calls. I think it's a healthy phase. You have to learn every like the intricate DNA of the business. You don't know what's working and it also gives you the ability to try a bunch of stuff. And when you don't have a lot of money, you're smarter with the things you try. Like you ask people before you spend a bunch of money, you test things. And we woke up with 150. an investment group out of uh, Dallas. There was a guy I was working with through, through our tech company, um, told me to come to Frisco. I said, never heard of Frisco, Texas. He said, there's families everywhere. I said, sure. And I mean, we had 150 kids in the back of a garage. Like, I was like, the guy's name was Zan, he's a good friend of ours. And I was like, Zan, this ain't like a thing yet. And <laughs> just like, yeah. And he's like, you got to come to Frisco. It's amazing here. And long story short, with that, he called me, he called me or emailed me or Facebook messaged me every probably three or four days for six months. Wow. And finally convinced, and we never do business with anybody that we're not super close with. So. As weird as it sounds, we brought our family and stayed with his family for a week to see if this was a thing. Because, like, you can't fake it for a week. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, everybody
0: gets everything at that point. Yeah.
1: So we stayed a week, fell in love with Frisco, uh, started working on space here, found some other partners down here. And then I would say the most critical moment for us, we had decided that we were going to open in Frisco because the place is on fire for kids, but we were only going to be here for a couple of months. And because I had a job, I had a good job. I had gyms, I had gyms up there that were working. We had a life. We were very like doing things in Kentucky. Yep. And we came down and I remember we saw the space in Frisco and it was rough. It was super rough. It used to be a CrossFit. It had like holes in the wall from the bar ends, like bumping into the drywall. It was super rough. But there was just like this thing that clicked. And I remember me and my wife looking at each other. And there was just kind of this like, it's just like this weird, like nod. And right at that moment, we basically decided that we were going to sign the lease. And then we went and found a preschool, put a deposit down, found a house, signed a lease on a house. This is all within like five days. And then on the way home on the airplane, called our real estate agent and said, put our house up for sale. We're moving to Texas. He thought he thought we were a little crazy. All of our friends thought we were crazy. Uh, we sold our house five days later. Um, since we were downsizing, we ended up having to donate like half of our stuff. And I called our called our church, and it's it's funny how like these things work. There was a refugee family that just moved into Lexington that had nothing, and they had five kids, and we were literally able to give them like half our house. So like they hit the ground. And they had like a turnkey like house or stuff for the house and i sold my jeep i love my old jeep i had an old 95 black jeep at the top never stayed on with metal floors and it was super nice sold that turned a lease vehicle in early and four weeks later we were living in frisco and then (laughs) eight weeks later we opened the location wow it was a little crazy yeah so that that got us to frisco and now we have three locations. will open four more this year. Um, we have some pretty exciting stuff going on, on the tech side as well, but it's, it's been, it's been an awesome ride. It's been definitely a wild ride too.
0: I, so one of the things I love, so we connected at the Dallas Entrepreneur Summit last June. Y'all were in one of my sessions uh, keynoting and we just got to talking afterwards in the CrossFit uh, connection yeah. and then just started learning more and more about the work y'all are
1: doing with kids. What you I love and my wife are waiting on you when you came off stage. <laughs> to like talk. Yeah. I loved it. I love, and I loved yeah. it. Cause you, you had
0: your kid strong shirt on I rec- I was like, all right, I know, I know not there's sure. something here with these folks and what I enjoyed about it learning when you and I had coffee multiple times was, was not only the actual physical aspects that you're putting the kids through, but the mental side that you're pouring into them with the posters and the affirmations and, and all of that. What, What really made you say that this needed to be more than just a place for kids to go work out and be healthy? Because that's a big need today with obesity rates through the roof for adults and kids. But a place where you're essentially building, as you say, building superheroes, you're
1: building leaders of tomorrow. Yeah, so I think a lot of this physical activity is definitely something that all kids need to have. 100% 100% and there is a that's a big part of what we do but when you look at I think one of the things that's happening now is everyone is re-examining the structures and the institutions and what are like what are those educational institutions like producing and what they're producing right now are kids that that don't move that have the highest anxiety rates of, of probably any generation even though they're living in the best time ever. Uh, They're more overweight than this is the first generation that has a less, they have less life expectancy than their parents. This is the first one, uh, which is, which is ludicrous. Um, And they're graduating with a ton of debt. And I think, I think our generation is just starting to question like, why are we doing it this way? And a lot of the answers are, that's the way we've always done it. (laughs) And, And I think for us, and it's really tough to create a category. It's really tough. And I know this from other businesses. It's really tough. But what we, what we are doing from the beginning is trying to create a new category of whole child development. And what I mean by that is like you have to develop the whole child. Research shows that it, you don't really, it's not beneficial to break these subjects apart and sit in a room and read and and try to like memorize them for hours on end. Anytime uh, before kind of, like the current school system you wanted to learn something like you went with somebody and hung out with them for a year whoever was the best at that thing and they didn't just tell you how to do it they might like they would show you they would watch you they would help you then you would do it and they would watch you there was a lot of wisdom that was kind of imposed during that process and that apprentice that apprenticeship kind of process like doesn't exist anymore and it it, i think there's probably i think a status is maybe 5% of kids now move enough for healthy brain development which is crazy. So you're starting to see a lot of kids that are even in therapy now simply because they have not moved enough to develop like a healthy brain. Wow. And we just see like this like this host of issues and I don't think it's that kids aren't smart and I don't think it's that um I don't think that you can just get a kid in shape and that they're going to be a successful adult. And that's one of the things that I did not like about other programs. And one of the reasons we did ours is most programs focus on like a specific part of training. Like uh, we're either going to train math or we're going to train science yeah. or we're going to, we're going to train this like specific sport, but none of those things like build a holistic kid and a holistic kid to me is one that is intelligent. They're courageous. Uh, they're confident they work, they can lead, they can also follow when they need to. Um, they're problem solvers, they're self-reliant. And we just really believe that those kids are going to be in the 0.0001% of their peers. If we can help parents do that, um, those, those skills are just lost. They're just lost arts. And I think, I think, our group of parents, probably my generation and the one behind us are just starting to look for like different answers for that. So what we did was we basically wiped the slate clean and we said, if we were going to build like an amazing like platform to develop a kid and work with parents, to develop like amazing kids, what disciplines will we pull from? And what we figured out was like, we wouldn't pull from like one discipline. What we do is we pull the best 20%. If you know about the 80, 20 year old, yep. we pull the best, from physical development, from character development, and from brain development. And just like if if you were going to try to learn a language, you're better off learning like 2,000 words now than spending 19 years mastering the language, right? So we try to look at all these disciplines and say, like we'll go to experts and say, pediatric occupational therapy, developmental milestones. This is an extensive list of things kids should be doing. What are the top 20% that if the kids do these things, they're, they're on rocket fuel for everything else. And what you'll find is those 20% outweigh the other 80 really heavily. So we basically go to experts. We find out what those 20% are and then we build them into the curriculum. So like this past month, um, we're doing basic sign language. So we're not teaching kids like two years worth of sign language. We're teaching them the alphabet. How to say please and thank you how to tell somebody that they need something how to tell somebody their name that that 20 percent will change that kid's life if they ever if they ever encounter somebody that, that knows sign language or they ever have to use that skill so things like that and then this month <clears throat> we're going into we're going to focus on finance most kids don't know what money is they don't know that you exchange money for something like you have to give something to get something most it's teenagers like,
0: and adults still struggle with that too
1: yeah <sighs> so even just basic 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 understandings of these things put them in the one percent and if you can get enough of these like 20 percent you really develop this whole child and at the end of the day <clears throat> the jobs that they're going to get don't exist yet so there's nothing you're going to you know, some specific skill that's going to that's gonna get them a job. I was president of a tech that worked almost exclusively with Facebook and my master's degree is in criminal justice. Facebook did not even exist when I was in graduate school. So like there is no like specific skill I learned there that like helped me like help lead that company. You know, it's it's like who are you? How do you interact with people? Can you lead, follow? Can you can you solve problems? Like those guys or those guys and gals have superpowers.
0: So let me ask you this because the magic question on all that stuff is when you are obviously teaching the kids this stuff in the classes, you've got some take home. But at the end of the day, the parents influence on the kid is going to be more important because they're spending more time with them. How are you helping the parents? to continue the same lessons onward so that the kid's not coming in for an hour, doing the class, getting some lessons, and then going home and never having that follow-up.
1: Yeah, I think one of the things we figured out early on, the reason I didn't like going to these places is because they were built for kids that don't care about this stuff. And what I mean by that is when you go into a place that smells like feet and kids are dancing around with scarves and the music's terrible, like the parents are miserable. But the the kids don't care. Yeah. Like they would be just as happy in a park as they would kind of at this place. So one of the things we figured out early on is we don't build, we don't build kids strong for the parent or for the kids. We build it for the family and we build it for the parents. The brand name is not Kitty. There's no like, you know, there's no fluffy things in our logos. We have all, we're very, we try to like emulate brands like Nike and Under Armour. And Adidas, because like we're focused on the, we always have the saying like if you win the family, you win the war. Yeah. What I mean by that is if 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 mom and dad don't want to come to Kidstrong, then they're they're going to stop coming to Kidstrong at some point. If the kid doesn't want to come to kid strong the parents are going to stop fighting them at some point. <clears throat> so when you do your product development, you really have to look at how do we win both of these people at the same time. And it sounds kind of crazy because you have really like two personas you're working on at once. Yeah. But there are brands that do this. Disney does an exceptional job of this. Pixar, an amazing job of this. We have an entire slide when we walk uh, our coaches and and anyone on our team through that basically says win the war or win the family, win the war. And it's lessons we've learned from Pixar. (laughs) I will go watch a Pixar movie with my daughter like at any time. Now, if she wants to go watch a My Little Pony movie, I'm out. <laughs> I don't watch that. I don't care. But I think Pixar, I think I think that company is really, really smart in the way they build. Yeah. The if you watch one of those movies, there's just as much stuff in there for the adults as there is for kids. It's because they know if mom and dad want to go watch it, then, then everyone's going to go watch it. And then they're going to buy the DVD. They're going to watch it all the time. Um, and, that, and, and then Kid Strong... We have a lot of like secret sauces in there, and like one small thing that we do is we let the parents pick the music because every month we have a new playlist, and the parents pick the music. So last month, Copperhead Road—I don't know how many are in are on the podcast—but Copperhead Road was one of the songs playing in class. Uh, I think Vanilla Ice, and there was some ACDC in there too, um, all in the same playlist. And what you see is when when you play that stuff, the kids don't care. They just like the beat. Yeah. The parents are like, the parents are like kind of grooving to it. They're listening to it and they're enjoying the experience. And we'll even, we have a clip of like a bunch of moms in the lobby dancing the Spice Girls one time. (laughs) It might sound like it might, and it is a little thing, but like if you're obsessed over these details of like, how do you make this an amazing experience for the people that come in there? Like all these things really add up to like when people say, "Oh yeah, is completely different." Well, why is it different? And then they just start listing off like these little tiny things, and some of them are in, like they feel really small, but they completely change um, the experience for the user. So I love we, that we focus on the parents. Um, we actually coach to the parents in class as part of the class
0: it's it's interesting you say that and and pixar is a fantastic example they they just announced toy story 4 coming up which is a genius move at that point because all of us adults remember the first one and we absolutely yeah. have the nostalgia and the relationship we'll go back and see oh, it absolutely and the kids are along for the ride even if they've never seen 1 2 or 3 which most of them have yeah and so that it's interesting how you do that in a way that's not direct in your face. It's not like, Hey, we're strictly marketing to you, but we want to make it an environment that you want to be here knowing that the kid will, what do you see kind of in this space being the biggest challenges you guys are facing just society wise of getting kids to buy into the leadership importance of being active. Obviously at the age you guys are working at that two to eight, two to six range, not a lot of them are making choices on their own. So it's with the parents, right?
1: Yeah, I'll disagree. So okay. I'll tell you why. Um, there are definitely kids at four that are starting to show leadership uh, traits. And there are definitely kids at four that are starting to show uh, high anxiety in social situations. Probably three, four, like they'll start to like not want to be dropped off somewhere or they don't wanna leave the house. Um, our, so we have a few challenges, which I like because it builds a bigger moat around what we do. One of the challenges is we're not for everyone. We're absolutely not for everyone. And when you, when you're, when you are like that, you have to do a really good job of like finding the people that believe what you believe and getting them in the program. You can't do like Super Bowl ads. <clears throat> like these people are very different. Uh, there are a lot of these people. Um, uh, another issue we have is like, we're, cre- we're creating a category and anytime you create a category, it's just tougher. You know, when a fitness concept comes out, they're like, Oh, it's like CrossFit and yoga. Or when somebody comes out, they're like, Oh, it's like Uber and, you know, food service, like, there's always, like, this for a new category. They'll always look for, like, something existing to attach it to. Yep. So we battle that some. Um, but at the end of the day, like, I think really, really compelling things take a while. And if we can win one set of parents at a time and change one kid at a time, and then slowly, like, that acorn grows into this giant tree, that's that's really – kind of what we're this is a very long-term play for us we have our, our youngest daughters 17 months so we have at least 17 16 and a half years left of doing kids strong so this is a very long-term play for us so it's a challenge but like we're very comfortable kind of in that journey we're very comfortable creating new territory there um and i think i think personally like I, I like being part of that much more anytime where something becomes a little too mainstream and gets watered down. I can autom- I can like feel myself like, eh, there's too many people, <laughs> too many people doing it. It's not, it's not cool anymore. Um, not just, I've always, I've always been that way. Um, but it, it is definitely a challenge, but I think with most entrepreneurs, like they have to find, they have to find like the workout that they that not, they don't like it, but they have to find the workout that they can do every day that works. Yep. Yeah. That makes sense.
0: Which I mean, we could go into your morning routine. I'm still fascinated by the, uh,
1: what is it? 20 minutes every day. That's it. That would be like a long, longer day unless I'm working out with my wife. Uh, but one of the things we did, so there's two things. I try to do something every day. Uh, a normal day will be 10 minutes or less. No, this is all like CrossFit style. This is not 10 minutes of like walking. This is like glass of water. And then 10 minutes later, you're like laying on the floor. <laughs> because I was, I was a sprinter in high school and college. Uh, anything over like 15 minutes, like I just, I, I like, like I hate it. I don't want to, I'm like, let's just skip to the thing. Where yeah. we're at, where's the finish line? Let's just sprint to the finish line. Uh, But I tell you one thing that has been really good for us too, is me and my wife schedule at least three times a week where we go work out together at a gym that has childcare. And that three hours a week is very, very valuable for the relationship. It's very valuable for the marriage. Um, But it's also like physically healthy to do that. Um, So those are not, those don't happen in the morning because my wife, there's no way she's getting out when I get up to work out. So I build the I build the day around those and the rest of the time I try to get up in the morning and I usually have a routine of a uh, quick workout I'll try to I try to meditate and or workout and try to do some sort of learning and then try to start attacking some sort of like high value thing before everyone gets up. And if I can do if I can do most of those I feel like it's a really good day.
0: Dude, that's a, uh, that is a powerful morning routine. All right, so Matt, for anyone that's, that's like, man, I got to check this out. I got to see if you're in my neighborhood, if you're coming to my neighborhood. Where can people find out more about Kid Strong and get connected with you guys online?
1: Yeah, just kidstrong.com uh, is the website. There's uh, some cool videos there, and then there's a link to all the local pages. We have locations in Texas. Kentucky, uh, we should have one getting ready to come out in Ohio by the t- time this airs, but we keep everything pretty updated on the website or on Facebook.
0: I love it, man. And, and there's a ton of valuable information, not only on the blog on the website, but if you're local to DFW, go check it out, follow along Matt and work. Dude, this has been awesome. I know at some point in the future, we're going to have you on again to start talking more about sure. raising kids uh raising these leaders so but thank you for coming on today
1: no i really appreciate it I had a good time